is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Jeff Halley is Senior Market Analyst at Oanda Asia Pacific in Singapore. Very good afternoon to you, sir. How have the markets done today? Well, we've had a generally positive day. Uh, New York finished the, the day quite strongly, particularly the, the NASDAQ uh, vaccine hopes, AstraZeneca yesterday, uh, Moduna and others uh, in the past week. It's uh, generally uh, giving a, a positive tone to the street uh, with hopes that we are going to see a, a vaccine possibly by Q4, which is uh, what I believe uh, will be the case. That's been quite supportive of equity markets in particular, and we've started seeing a rotation out of US dollars into other currencies again. Let me get your view from where you are and Hong Kong and China and the UK and so on, this, this um, suspending the UK's extradition treaty from, from Hong Kong. That's stoking up more tensions with China. Um, how does the Hong Kong thing actually play out where you are? What, what do people view it? Because from here, people tell me that it is still a vital gateway into China and vice versa. Oh, most certainly. And I think that's been emphasised by Ant Financial, which announced that it was going to do a dual listing uh, on um on, on, Shang, on uh, Shanghai and in Hong Kong uh, in the coming weeks. And financial is this offshoot of Alibaba, which is now worth $200 billion. So that's a vote of confidence for Hong Kong. I think in Asia, they're much more pragmatic than, as I would describe, the West and its business as usual out here with regards to uh, Hong Kong. China itself is picking fights in a sense, isn't it, with, with many countries. How, how's that playing out with you? Yes, it is. Uh, and I, I, I'm not quite sure what this overall strategy will be. I, I think what we could see in 2021 and 22 is uh, what I would describe as a reshoring of supply chains uh, back to um, countries out of China just because of this geopolitical risk. China, when you get into an argument with them, tends to settle it with a sledgehammer rather than a surgical tool. And uh, nobody really wants to be on the receiving end of uh, sanctions or barriers or, or outright reprisals. And I think this will be a trend that will evolve in the next couple of years once we move past this COVID-19 pandemic. You suspect, don't you, that prices would rise as a result of that? Because, um, uh, I mean, never mind what China feels about where it is in the production chain of things. It is it is cheaper goods from China, and those won't be necessarily as cheap, will they, with the supply chains being onshored again? Yes, I think this is a, a price that um, other parts of the world will be uh, prepared to pay uh, for this. I mean, really, we're... we're, we're, we're to a certain extent, there's a little bit of guesswork here as to this, but I do feel that in the international community, there is increasing disquiet uh, with doing business with China. And I think what they may have undermined themselves with is with this Hong Kong treaty, which they've basically ripped up and torn torn up after, say, I think it's, what, 23 years. So that calls into doubt what the worth of China's signature on a piece of paper actually is in those circumstances. And I think this is what will come back to haunt China in the years ahead. A deal has finally been done. A recovery package has been agreed by the EU. It's not as big as part of it uh, as, as, as it was going to be. A lot of the countries, the so-called 
including so the so-called frugal four, those northern state uh, countries, are going to get a bigger rebate as a result of this. So it has been watered down slightly, and it's not a giveaway. There are there are loans and there are also grants. There's a there's a split there. How do you suspect that will play out in in the markets? And and does that have any relevance to where you are right now? I believe it, it, it'll be another positive factor in the general positivity that's running through um, the markets and around the world at, at long last, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the, the EU deal still has that 750 billion headline number, 500 billion in grants, of which Italy, Spain and Greece are going to receive quite a lot of them. But um, as usual, there is uh, some, some compromise in the package. And I, I think it's very positive for the EU, given where we were on Sunday and yesterday, that they've actually managed to cobble something together, albeit in typical form at the last minute after a lot of compromises. It should set up a European markets for a very good start today in, in, in equities. Okay, Jeff, and give us your take on where you've, what you feel about the United States right now. And it's, you know, we lost saw, didn't we? Um, another record high as far as the Nasdaq's concerned, which you mentioned. And it does seem, once again, the stock market is moving completely away from where the real economy is, whatever that is. What do you feel is happening in the United States right now? And do these recent surges actually worry you? To some extent, they do. And I, although it's moved off the headlines per se with all this vaccine news in the last two days, I do believe it's a major issue. What will really concern me is if uh, states across America have to start imposing very stringent lockdowns again, stopping people moving around, stopping economic activity. That will obviously reduce economic activity and consumption in the United States, and that will have a knock-on effect uh, through the rest of the world because it's so interconnected and it's the largest economy in the world. So it still very much is a concern to me uh, that this may still happen because they just don't look like they're getting on top of this uh, COVID-19. All, all things going to plan, this is the U, the US driving season, isn't it? That's what you're alluding to. And that, that really is often a saviour, isn't it, of a, a downturn in the United States. People actually do get in their cars and travel and spend. And they're not doing that. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the reasons why oil prices haven't resolved higher over the last uh, week and a half, two weeks, is simply because of those fears that this entire summer is going to be completely curtailed in the United States with that ensuing drop in oil consumption. So this is why oil um, can't make further upward progress at this stage, even though it's clear signs that other parts of the world are starting to uh, starting to recover. We were just talking earlier in the programme, and I'm not going to ask you about your personal habits at home and whether you do the washing up and all the rest of it, but we were talking about actually... It, <laughs> you're pleased about that, aren't you? I can tell. Um, but a complete change in lifestyle and the complete eating habits. Because actually, we are in this country apparently cooking a lot more at home because there's nothing else to do apart from what net, watch Netflix all day um, because of the lockdown and so on. Um, are you noticing, I mean, are you actually in the office as we speak or are you working from home? No, I've been actually working from home for a few months now and our company itself is really not targeting a return to the office before the end of September and even then they'll be working a 50-50 split. Um, mm. But realistically, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, we were working from home until the, for the rest of the year. We're lucky in that we can do everything online anyway. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> but in Singapore, definitely they have a real eating out culture, but they have an amazing delivery culture in Singapore as well. And I've noticed that since the particularly the uh, aggressive lockdowns, uh, a lot of restaurants were repurposing towards doing some very creative things on that front, and we've seen uh, you know we've seen that continue. So um, 
Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily that people are cooking at home as much in Singapore, and that's simply because the kitchens are usually very tiny in these small apartments. Yeah, sure, sure. No, it's interesting that that, that takeaway culture. Because my, na- I was going to ask you, I'm wondering. Um, I, I've got no idea what it's like where you actually work. Were you going into the office? But I mean, do you jinip out and get a, a a bit of lunch from somewhere? And, and and if so, will those businesses be suffering as a result of what we're going through right now? What you're going through? Oh yes, definitely. I mean, the CBD is still a a, a ghost town. It really is. Uh, most of uh, Singapore is. Uh, being directed by the government to work at home if they can, uh, mm. and that's still the case. So um, it, it's definitely been a ghost town. Food and beverage, which is a huge part of Singapore life, has taken a real beating over the last few months, and, and that is set to continue um, even despite uh, government support efforts. So uh, I would expect that uh, that sector will be uh, look quite a lot different by the time everybody comes back. But I'm sure that it will rebound just as quickly because Singapore's eat out as a as a matter of course. Food can be quite cheap in Singapore. You can pay three or four bucks Singapore, which is about two and a half quid, and get a decent meal there in the food mm-hmm. courts. Okay, and and now just we were speaking earlier in the program just just before you go, but you, you sounded to me as if, given given the, the the possibility of this race for vaccines and so on, and maybe something appearing by Christmas, you sounded relatively optimistic that you you felt there might be a rap a rapidish, if I can put it like that, um, re- recovery <laughs> as far as the economy is concerned, the market's concerned. If that were to happen, is that what you're basing your optimism on almost solely at the moment? Yeah, I'm not a V-shaped recovery proponent at all. I think the best we can hope is a broad U. I think there's definitely been quite clearly damage done to the underlying global economy. That is going to take time to recover. Government finances have been blown out of the water all over the world as well. That will take time to recover. But the depth of this recession could be curtailed quite quickly by these vaccines arriving in Q4. The question will be, of course, who gets them first and you know, mm. distributing them around the world. But you can see the production that's already been booked in, in for these vaccines in anticipation of that. And I'm quite confident some of these vaccines are doing very well, particularly the Oxford AstraZeneca one. Yeah, so I remain quite confident that Q4, the okay. world will dodge a bullet. Jeff Halley from Oanda in Singapore. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. This is a business breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.